What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and we are going to be talking about uh, something close to my heart, something that came to me you know, when I was a kid, so my uh, adolescence, my sort of burgeoning comic self came across an anthology. I've talked about this many, many times. Um, it's been 45 years for this great anthology. 2000 AD has reached 45 years this year, and I'm going to talk about it, but I'm not talking about it with just anybody. I'm literally going to be talking about it with the guy who wrote the book on it. Uh, I'm talking, talking with uh, Scott Montgomery today. Scott, how are you doing? Good, thanks. Thank you, Scott. Um, thanks for having me on. Great pleasure. No, no, thank you for coming on. Um, we will start with the fact that so you have written, uh, and it's available now, and there'll be a link down below for Amazon and all that kind of stuff, um, the 2000 AD Encyclopedia. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I've got a copy. It's wonderful. I was saying before, I, I, I dig it, sort of looking out for the... Uh, the big ones and the more obscure sort of comics and characters and stuff like that um yeah. first and foremost though how did how did it come about the encyclopedia sure. okay uh, yeah i'll tell you that what i'm going to do before i start talking is because i always forget to do this during any kind of interview that i've done is um the, the reason the book looks so great is because of the amazing work that the 2008 designers Mm. graphic designers and editorial staff did on it and when you get caught up talking about the specifics of it you then sometimes forget to mention that so I was, i'm going to get for one i'm going to get in there first off and say that you know um the book itself i think um uh, it was such a privilege to do but it's just even better when you see how the um uh, although i did supply the text um it was like a real sort of team effort and making a, a such a beautiful looking book you know it has a real kind of Coffee table, though it might collapse a coffee table unless it's reinforced. <laughs> I think. You know? um, so, um, so I just want to make sure I get in there and say that because I always forget. But um, and uh, and then feel really bad afterwards. Um, but um, as you said, your question there was how it came about. Was mm. um, I've done? Um, I, I've been a, a published journalist and um, comic writer and things since about 1994. And quite early on in that, um, I had touched with. Uh, so I was in touch with 2000 um I was meant to do an article actually about the soundtrack from Judge Dredd, the Stallone Judge Dredd movie. So this is how long ago we're talking about. <laughs> um, but that article fell, that article fell through, and um, I ended up doing one that was about the history of Road Trooper. As I pitched that to the, the editorial, so um, so I had that contact quite a long time ago, and uh, it was a very odd piece, um, an occasional piece rather, um, throughout the years. And when Matt Smith took over. Um, he had inherited a thing for Judge Dread magazine called um, the Dread Files, mm. and Alan Barnes had commissioned it. And this is where David Bishop, the former editor, went through every Dread story uh, chronologically, did a sort of critique and so on. So um, David Bishop ended up probably, I think, just doing different things after doing maybe a year's worth of that. And so Matt asked if I would step in and, and do another, do a year's worth of it, and that was in 2007. Um, so I did that for for him, 
And so that's where I had the connection with Matt there. And um, uh, and then the kind of the, the intervening time for doing now in the encyclopedia, um, I'd drifted away from magazines slightly because um, my day job was working on Commando for DC Thompson. Mm. Um, so I was doing that. So there wasn't really much time to write in my spare time and things like that. But I, so um, I ended up, um, I moved on from Commando in 2017. And um, I got back in touch with Matt saying, you know, a chance of doing some clothes, you know, get back in, back in the fold sort of thing. And I did a couple of articles there. And then sort of fast forward to 2020, um, Matt actually contacted me and just asked me if I wanted to do it. Um, if I, he said, I remember getting an email because it was like kind of just before lockdown. Um, mm. And I got the email saying, we're thinking of doing an encyclopedia, would you be up for compiling that? And um, I was like, wow, yeah, that sounds tremendous, but it also sounds a bit scary, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, incredibly um, sort of, um, you know, Intimidating in its own way, you know, in a good way. You know what I mean? I think um, if you weren't intimidated by the sort of tale of that, I think there'd be something wrong with you, you know. Um, so uh, I had a, a couple of days to think about it. Of course, I wanted to do it, and then um, I thought, well, yeah, there's no way I could possibly turn this down. Um, so uh, just we started by, well, having had the um, the experience of the dread files, which was like. Um, David Bishop had set up a good kind of template for basically you could see entries on that as well. So I thought, um, I think, you know, that sounds like a good way to go. I have to come up with a template for encyclopedia entries that um, that we can just work to. This is how it's going to be, um, you know, it's as an A to Z. So obviously I have, a, you know, a real kind of structure in mm. place because it's, because it's alphabetical. Um, and basically Matt just said that he wanted... Um, all the big hitters, especially, um, and really, again, I have another thing or person I have to uh, thank is um, Wakefield Carter, who constructed the Barney.com site, um, you know, the, the fan site mm-hmm. um, for mm. 2080, which is still like probably the best 2080 online resource that there is. So that I had, I definitely used that as a kind of architecture for, um, the, you know, the the basis of the entries. And um, pretty much if it had an entry on Barney already, then that should be going in the book, my sort of um, take on it. And I um, just had to add more as well. Matt was looking for all, pretty much all 2080 stories or series, plus magazine stories as well, which is 30 years of those too, yeah. as well as your 45 of uh, 2080. And also um, any kind of sort of major supporting characters as well. So the support characters did make it a little bit trickier in terms of cross-referencing and so on, but um, a great challenge. And uh, basically, all the material was there. You just have to sort of um, come up with it in a way that's appealing for the reader. You know that I'm. You have to look at it in a way of, well, if I was going to read this myself as a reader, because I would, you know, it's kind of thing I would buy. Um, then you'd have to have it in a way that's appealing. So once uh, Matt and I. And then, then uh, I, I agreed to do it, and then lockdown hit. So it was absolutely chaotic for, for Matt, especially, and all the other 2008 guys, because um, uh, they had to obviously start working from home, all that sort of stuff, and, and still get magazines out while they're doing it, which um, I, I haven't worked in editorial. It's not good working from home, I would say. You know, mm. it's, nice to have, it's nice to have your staff in the same room as you, you know, mm. but all, you know, kudos to them. They managed to do that. 
Um, so basically, I come up with a, a template or an encyclopedia entry, batted it back to Matt a few times here and there over email until we got um, template the way we wanted it. I did a few sample entries and we did about maybe two weeks doing that. And then once Matt had said, okay, that's kind of what we're looking for. And then it was just straight on to try and um, go from A to Z, really. You know, so it was very kind of structured and sort of, um, and uh, as you probably know, it was serialized first in the, yes. the magazine. So really I had to deliver A to E and then F to H or whatever it was, I, sorry. Mm. It was basically, I, I, it was almost like five books I had to sort of deliver yeah. one, one at a time. Um, and uh, so it was nice to have a sort of very clear sort of direction of where it had to go. So it was um, it was straightforward in that respect. The mm. only thing where it starts to become sort of tricky would be when you're cross-referencing things that you actually haven't written yet. You know, so um, an example of that would be right at the start was Ant Wars. Then it's got a little sort of sequel story called Zancudo. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously I have to mention that in the Ant Wars entry. But um, if you were doing a book, you probably would write up Zancudo there and then, but that was just a waste of time, even though it was incredibly short, it was taking you know, half a day or something. But you really can't be writing up Z when um, the editor needs A to E in yeah. like, you know, months time. So um, common sense <laughs> prevails, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sort of circumstances drive the sort of the 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 path yeah. of creation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very kind of you know they're all deadlines I had to hit for mm. for it went to the magazine issues that I had to go in first. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I I, I remember it being serialized with the you know the magazine and stuff. Um, and I was I was thinking about sort of so you, you, obviously you've got to keep it in order, like you say, you can't be sort of writing a Z entry or you know an F entry when you're going to be doing an A. But was it sort of like you go, right, I'm doing A to E, and you go, right, here's the easy ones that I know yeah. of in this grouping, and I can sort of bash those out, got those, now I can sort of dig into the sort of more obscure, or did you try and go A, B, C, D? Um, no, it was kind of what you said there, it was sort of um, go for the ones that you're familiar with, um, especially, you know, things that was, yeah, I could probably get that done fairly quickly, mm. and I don't be wrong, um, you know, good writing well isn't about being fast all the time, but it's certainly, as you say, you you know that you have to get this done, you know, and um, and yeah, you you are time bound as well. Mm. So, so it was a case of that. I'd say I would I would always go for first the sort of actually it would always be things I was familiar with, but also the kind of shorter things as well, things that um there's not so much to read in advance. So you yeah. just feel that you're kind of you're getting some something done every single day. That you're writing and um i suppose technically you could say the sort of easier side of the spectrum you would try and do that first give yourself more time to do the things that require much more reading for example or whatever if you're because i definitely did try to research every entry i wouldn't you know i think you're sometimes you think your memory is really good and it mm. may be but it's maybe not that good you know? yeah, yeah. and um you need to sort of properly look at things if the pages are there then you should be looking at them to yeah, you know, I can imagine. Were, were there any kind of, you know, you say about the big hitters, like, you know, instantly, you're like, you know, Judge Dredd, Slain, Rogue Trooper, Durham Red, you've got those sort of like ones, I suppose, you know, yes. ABC Warriors, there you go, okay, great, got those. Mm -hmm. As you were going through this, though, and you are sort of finding, going through, I don't know, the sort of second tier and the more obscure characters, 
Mm-hmm. Did you have an experience where you were like, "Oh man, I haven't read, I haven't read that in years. Like, I've got to go back and read that." Or yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a nice sort of you know you're rediscovering some stuff that you maybe like you you did like before, but you hadn't read it in decades. Mm. And quite a few of those, yeah. Um, uh, although I knew the the first series of Skids really well, which was just like in my era for um, yeah, I should have said as well, I've been a two thousand fan since 1981, uh, the age of nine. And um, so I just got into just after Road Trooper started. So you're talking like Prog 231. And um, so that era is very well kind of etched in my memory because I like um, in 1981, there wasn't a huge amount of other things to do um, with your time. So uh, what I did was probably read the same issue to those AD over and over again until the next one came out. So, um, so yeah, there's things that I could tell you about probably. 40 years ago, but then if you ask me for something from five years ago, I might struggle a little bit initially. Yeah. Um, so maybe you find that yourself as well as a fan. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so yeah, there's things that, a lot of things that I rediscovered. Skiz was definitely one of them. Um, I, I knew, as I said, I knew the first arc very well, mm. but just reading it, reading it again, I just, um, just really enjoyed reading it again, you know, from cover to cover sort of thing. And, and then I had to read the the skiz two and three again i do remember them obviously the first series definitely is the real classic you know mm. so re- rediscovering things like skiz and also some of the 90s things that um i remember liking but then i just really enjoyed reading them again it was like a hooligan's haircut mm. a great one to revisit um you know it just kind of just captures an era doesn't it you know it's just like 1990 um i think even before i read it i was i was had been on about some 1990 music on youtube and things like that I don't know. <laughs> set because, the mood i said set yeah, the mood I, yeah absolutely um, <laughs> <laughs> into adamski and seal and things like that so um so hopefully when people read the book you know i think yeah you may well sort of um you know think of something reasonably obscure and, and then go straight to and look that up and see what's there so i definitely like um wanted to do that for people you know with, um uh, really try to cover pretty much every 2000 ad initial series anyway you know um, mm. it's quite funny though sometimes when you go online and you see a reaction or whatever and someone might say has it got um or, or i can't think of something really obscure now from dread or you know um oh no um <clears throat> week is in it but say something even even more obscure than that right real one-off villains or something like that um and, and i was like oh no that's not in it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so um uh, no i think it's like with dread it's got 45 years of its own, and it even had its own A to Z back in 1995, I think it was. Yeah, the, um, yeah, the ultimate history or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, there's already been history books written on Dread, and those are in um, minute detail for themselves. So unfortunately, yeah. couldn't be, couldn't get all that. But it certainly tried to get all your kind of supporting villains where possible. So say George Carl is in there, or, you know, things like that. Yeah, he's worthy of an entry of his own so i've tried my best to do it and when it when it comes to dread just so much um and i think i've just done the kind of the best sort of broad stroke on that that, that we could really but certainly um some of your more obscure 2000d one-offs and things like that they are mentioned however sort of fleetingly because um you know there wasn't infinite space but something like really obscure like um or dry run or something like that you know i mean it's got it's got a few sentences because that's really all we could kind of buy there and um 
Yeah, and I have to say as well, there were some that um, I just couldn't get pages to read because of lockdown. Um, you know, if the world had been as normal, um, <clears throat> I imagine I would have even gone down to Oxford to get to actually look at the ar archives in person or something like that. Um, but Matt did supply me with basically anything that was digitised, I could have access to it so that I could just um, basically read it on screen. And that's how I got through the research side of it. It's really just it was all anything digitised I, I could see. Um, so there was the odd thing here that I couldn't really sort of see the pages and sort of just did the best I could in terms of some online research like sites mm -hmm. or what have you just so that something could still get an entry in the, in the book yeah I, I would say you I mean you've done sterling work on that front i mean i, I did that I mean, i've got it in front of me just to look and i i i was good i would admit i was one of those um i would be one of those sods that like ah but it's it's so and so in it you know sort of yeah <laughs> um i i did exactly what you said i went in and i was like oh, i got the big hitters you know sort of like Went straight to look at the Judge Dread one and Rogue Trooper, all my favourites, that sort of thing. And then, and then flicking through, and I had that memory moment. Like, um, there's two or three in particular. Like, I'm, I'm, I loved Armageddon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so I, was, I went back. And one of the things this has done that's been kind of cool, it's sending me on a quest. So I've gone mm -hmm. like, what are these characters I'd love to read again? And I sort of, so I made a list out the back, out the back of the sort of reading this encyclopedia. Like, I want to reread mm -hmm. Armageddon, Cannon Fodder. Um, yeah. Clown, these really what weird, weird ones. Finn, and I've gone. And the, the great thing is, I've yeah. gone in and gone. Oh look, I have a list of all their appearances. Yeah. Off, off yeah. to eBay I go, and yeah. that's it then. And, and so it's, yeah. it's it's fantastic for that. Um, but I did love the fact that, that you know those obscure ones uh, were in there, and I learned stuff from this as well. Like I say, like myself, I've been uh, 2000 AD fan since the early 90s. Um, and you do you have your period, don't you? Have your era. And then sort of you sort of drop yeah. off, or you, you know, it sort of becomes a bit, a bit, a little bit intermittent. And so going back in the sort of um, stories I haven't read, or the characters have come back because I like, and you go, oh, there's all these other appearances I haven't seen before. Yeah. I yeah. really should go check these out. So it acts as a fantastic resource to you know mm. to, to do that. Yeah. Um, and you know, like you said as well, one of the things I would say just about the whole book is that the the, the just the layout. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly accessible and informative, but it pops as well. Like, yeah, like it proper pops. Like, you know, some yeah. of the images and the sort of it's it's it's, it's a fantastic book. To, just as a, you can sit and just look yeah. through it. Like, it's just yeah. A, yeah. I think that's um as I said, that's like the kind of the, the added dimension to it. It's mm. like um, if it was only text, of course it would be very dry and basically boring to look at. But because you have. So you may well not actually read the entire entry on something, but you'll look at the image that goes with it and you'll think, oh, wow, yeah, I remember that. That was tremendous. Or that's one of my favourite artists or or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I think it definitely, it's like, um, as you say, it is a resource. I, I wanted it to be like um, a, a fan's resource rather than, mm. say, rather than like a, an academic one or something like that. Although it could, in some respect, you know, as a research tool, it stands up there if you were going to do a thesis or something like that. But um, it's designed, or, or I have it, or it was written in the way that I think it's for a fan. You know, it's written by a fan for fans, um, and um, and hopefully for, especially for new fans as well who maybe don't know that much about it. I mean, obviously, 
certainly want to please the, the diehards as well, but I think there is an opportunity to try and um, be a really helpful resource for a, a newcomer, uh, if there is such a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think there is. I think, you know, it's one of those that sort of... Um, it's, it's funny if it has it has sparked at least two conversations uh, with people I know because you you know we're sat we're sat here using Zoom, um, you can hear us folks, but obviously we were looking at each other over my shoulder. I, I, they're empty now, but I have a series yeah. of shelves. It, it sits oh, yeah. on one, and I have had several conversations where I've been doing a Zoom interview and someone's gone, "What is that?" <laughs> sure. And I've gone, yeah. "Oh yeah," and sort of uh, you know these are guys that I've sort of interviewed stuff that they're for not former they're sort of. You're never a former. You're a 2008 fan. You just maybe sort of a little bit lapsed, and they've gone, "Oh man, yeah," and we've gone through it a little bit. So it, it does. It, it definitely acts in that sort of for fans, um, yeah. which is which yeah. I think is great. Um, from your point of view, though, obviously you wanted to do this, you got the opportunity. So, but um, were there any? You know, you you said about sort of refinding uh, skiers and, and possibly others, but were there any entries in particular you were like? Oh, I can't wait to get to that one. I'm really looking forward to writing about Santo. Um, yeah, um, one of my other oh, loads of, I said, um, 2003 years has just consistently brilliant, really, hasn't it? When you think of mm. something that's gone for 45 years, you know, and it's a weekly comic. Um, uh, okay, there may well be some things that you might go a period where you don't, it's not grabbing you or you, you might have things that you don't quite like but even if it's things you don't quite like like um there's always something there that is um that will hold your interest or make you want to read it again or whatever so um yeah the stuff that i wanted to do i was really looking forward to read again was um uh, bad company mm. um one of the few i actually do have a, a, a i don't have a huge amount of collected editions either just because um I moved moved house a few years back, and that's when you start to. Unfortunately, you've got to get rid of a whole load of stuff, and some of that stuff, unfortunately, goes the way of the skip or, or charity shops or whatever. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I had to get rid of quite a lot of stuff a few years before this book came up. And I was, I was regularly kind of like, um, if I could have kicked myself at the computer, I, was like, oh, I had that, you know, I had tons of these, and I don't have them anymore. Um, but the, just, sorry, to back to the question. Um, Things I was looking forward to revisiting is definitely all of Bad Company, um, especially the first two series. I would say, you know, once it went to the Kano and and full color, still a good story, but um, the first two, especially, I think, are, are real gritty sort of classics. You know, mm. um, also Zenith and kind of the same era there. Um, although I I got in the early eighties, which I love things like um, East Rock and Co, um, Rogue Trooper. Uh, Strong Team Dog, you know, yeah, the, ne Nemesis, all the all your sort of like first five books of Nemesis are amazing stuff. Yeah. And the rest of it is, the rest of it is too, but um, those ones really kind of, when you say about having your era, that is quite important as a, as a fan, I think, you know. And um, so looking at Nemesis again, that was tremendous. Um, and even things like, Ro uh, sorry, Robo Hunter, um, really fun memories of that because it was so funny, you know, you know, Robo Hunter and Ace Trucking Co. kind of like um, uh, they helped balance out the kind of the more the grim stuff from 2008 because as we've always said as well, it is really for a kids comic at the time. It really was quite adult at the times, you know. And and I looked back, I read like every sort of page of Flesh 
that I could find because I was I felt I was a little bit rusty on it. Um, and when you look at the early pages of Flesh or like Charcoal, I mean they're so thirsty, it's unbelievable, you know. Um, this is like seven, eight year olds, nine year olds reading this stuff. Um, so we probably are a bit kind of messed up now. <laughs> but it's just it's just great storytelling, but it was very kind of violent and um, and then I think you're quite young then you don't really get the sort of the subject sometimes you know about the the whole kind of punk attitude and mm. and even like the sort of the satire well you kind of get the humor of the satire but um uh, do, do you know what I mean it's like yeah, um, yeah. there's a whole kind of um, layers to it it's not just about say dinosaurs I, yeah, tearing I, people apart or whatever you know I, I, I completely agree I mean it's one of those uh, you know I found I was, I think, same age, about ten when I, you know, um, mm-hmm. 1990, 1991, when I got it, when I got into it. Yeah, yeah. And you, 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 you access it usually through a cover. There's a cover, and you go, "What yeah. is that?" You know, in the news agents. Yeah. And you pick it up and you flick through, and like you say, it's got like you know, Dread and Rogue Troop or Durham Red or sort of like these characters in, and you go, "Wow, that's not the Beano that I've been reading for the last sort of like yeah. four or five years." Yeah. And that was, I'd say, my interesting point. And you don't, I think you don't take the satire at first or the sort of the mm. commentary that's provided. Um, but you can still enjoy it as a kid. Like you still enjoy yeah. it. It's that, yeah. that pulpy sort of violence, sort of like, you know, next level of comic um, mm-hmm. that you can sort of get away with because it's a comic and everyone goes, oh, it's a comic. And they don't actually look at the content. Yeah. And, yeah. and you go, what are you, what, what are you reading? Flesh. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, imagine if you showed that to your teacher at the time at school and I said it was a little bit before I started but um, I imagine it just been confiscated or something you know like um, yeah yeah because like it was so graphic I mean it's brilliant um, yeah I mean I do laugh when you look at the comparison between Bob 1 and 2 and like say the regimes which are absolutely for kids of this era you know mm. um, you know there's no blood or anything like that you know quite quite rightly probably you know I don't have a problem with that uh, at all, you know, because it's like times have changed, you know. Um, yeah. You know, it's just that the, the world's moved on. Like, um, basically, things for kids that, are, that they, they probably do need to be a little bit sanitised. I think that's fine, you know. Um, but again, sorry, come back to what you said about what I was looking forward to. I was also looking forward to revisiting Zenith because I hadn't read it since mm. phase four was, what, 1993 or whatever mm. it was. Um, I haven't seen it since then, so I was like, again, it was a chance to just read from digital cover to cover, and uh, and uh, it really stands the test of time. Um, you know, great stuff, and um, again, all this era, you know, it's like I'm uh, what I did, did like about Zenith is now um, I'm 15, 16 by the time I started reading it in 1987, so I'm kind of actually getting the subtext now, you know, and then and obviously it was. And even then, it was quite overt as well, wasn't it? You know, it was all, yeah, yeah. there's Britain and all that kind of stuff. So you do sort of, um, although it's all of its time, it's still sort of somehow it's not um, it's not aged, if you know what I mean. No, I think that's a, one of the things that's great about 2008. Like you, you talk about our eras, you know, and you do, you have that, because that's you, you enter that at your, that age is what you sort of ex- exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, that will be your sort of predominant sort of era, as it were. However, like I came in, let's say, 1991. Mm. But you mentioned like, the first few books of like Nemesis and like, an early Rogue Troop. Like, mm. I still did those. Like, I love 
yeah. early road trooper. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's like say because it doesn't it doesn't age badly. It's well yeah. written. It's well drawn. Like mm-hmm. it, it looks great. It sort of reads and it's sort of hard hitting. So you do sort of go back and you go, yeah, this works now just as well as it did, yeah, forty years ago. Um, and I think there are yeah, there, there are ones that are probably you probably could read and go, as you sort of said, wow, that's a very nineties or a very eighties mm-hmm. story. Um, but there's others like I say that I'd say were like, great, timeless. Um, yeah. And the era that you're talking about is sort of 1991. Um, there's some, again, some stuff there that I kind of rediscovered was um, Revere. Mm. You know, fantastic. I mean, what is it all about? No one quite knows, but yeah. it's, just, it's just tremendous, you know. And um, I think um, John Smith, again, we were talking about what did I rediscover doing this and so on. Um, I, at the time, in the 90s and so on, I never really quite really got on Smith stories in general, you know, and they seem to be a bit over my head at the time. And, uh, but again, you just, there was something about them that was right. Um, well, this is, I don't really understand it, but it's still quite cool sort of idea, you know, or it's like, I want to understand this because this is so sort of psychedelic and weird and I want to be weird like that, you know, <laughs> and I'm and I'm not. <laughs> so, um, did you know what I mean by that? It's just sort of- Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, there's an atmosphere about it and something that you want to sort of get it, if you know what I mean. Um, and and reading those again, I think, they, again, um, such a, a tonal sort of shift from the 2000 AD of 1977 to uh, 1991, 92. Yeah, it's, it's a bit odd and a bit trippy and sort of, again, but again, obviously, you know, it was like, um, you know, there was all this sort of uh, dance, you know, that kind of sort of, Dance and old culture and all the that. Brave culture, yeah. Yeah, I think it did sort of translate onto the the comic pages as well because probably the creators were that was their life at the time, you know, with their sort of young people out clubbing and stuff. It maybe just has an influence on the work as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's odd but good, you know. Um, and I think it's it's still perfectly sort of valid. I mean, yeah, I, I'm making it sense if I'm not. Um, oh, this, this is actually quite funny. Was um. When I was the first sort of entries that I did, um, definitely influenced by Mike Mulcher's sort of two thousand ABC's little videos that he did mm. uh, on mm-hmm. YouTube. I thought, you know, I need something to sort of, you know, spur me on sort of a little bit here and sort of just. I saw his videos and um, in places that were quite critical, you know, um, and I thought, oh, yeah, all right, okay. So I was like, maybe this is the kind of this is the two thousand house style that. You know, it's got, we, we can have a little bit of a sort of um, a poke in itself. Sort yeah, of. yeah, yeah. And um, so one of the interesting things I did on that, um, uh, and Matt sent it back to me. Sort of, well, um, yeah, what you're saying is right. Um, name withheld is pretty enough story, but um, then you know, this is not the place to say that. Yeah, so okay. I think, and he was quite right to say that, and yeah, absolutely. This is sort of like an ag- agnostic. This is sort of like here's just the, the resource and, and sort of like the, the uh, yeah, just the facts kind of thing. But yeah, pretty much. And then mm. also, um, while not trying to be say like um, leveling or toadying or anything like that, but certainly I think it's to be it's a celebration. You know, it isn't a sort of a, um, real kind of like critique or as you say academic sort of um, uh, look at the at the the canon of work. It is about sort of a celebration and. Pretty much artwork. Um, most of the artwork that is into the is of a standard that is like um, 
very high. You know, I mean, it's just that a lot of it comes down to um, personal taste about you know what art you like as an individual. And another thing that you're probably never going to um, please everyone, or and then <laughs> and also that to the the that has that anthology um, format anyway. So you're going to get five different artists in the one issue usually. Yeah. So it is going to be very eclectic and um, you know, very different. And, and we want to celebrate that. And because you, as I said, may well be a story that you don't particularly like, but um, it might be drawn by someone who's an excellent artist. And we want to kind of celebrate that. So I wanted it to be, um, as I said, it wasn't particularly in the brief. It said you have to be sort of um, incredibly upbeat about everything. It's just that um, the majority of the, the material is really good. That's it. I think you know. I think you know the the benefit of an anthology is exactly that, isn't it? Like you get different styles, and even if there's a period when sort of like it's not all hitting your buttons, it's yeah. still going to look good. Like like I said, there's a yeah. you know, and um, one of the things I would say is like, you know you said about the different areas as well, and, and those thoughts um, about the rave culture compared to like the punk culture and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that it sort of comes through when you sort of, you know, when you start to look in the encyclopedia, because you, you, you know, possibly done some, you know, your era, whoever you are, mm-hmm. you do see that the 2008, like, clearly adapted over time. Yeah. Some, sometimes better, sometimes better than others, but, you know, as yeah. is always the case with anything. But you do, you look at that sort of like those early 80s and sort of, you know, then it's like, okay, we can now do slightly glossier colours and they'll they take the chance on like painted art and then yeah. they'll do some other bits and pieces. And so, like you say, so the art as well is is because this is almost in some cases, like you say, like picture after picture, you can just go through the art and I'm like, oh yeah, for, yeah. that looks ace. Yeah. That's all so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the art has changed over time, but it's always been, it's it's never been boring. Let's put it that way. I don't think yeah. the art has ever been boring in in, in 2008. Yeah. Um, did you get the influence of like the images that got picked to go with the entry? Like, you know, did they sort of? Um. um not really. I'm, I'm, it tended to be like um, I would sort of trust the editorial department on that. You know, um, I think uh, sometimes images might kind of suggest themselves from where you might uh, focus on an entry or something like that. So mm. um, yeah, there wasn't a huge amount of room for the illustrations, if you know what I mean, in terms of like to have a whole plethora of them. Um, so it tended to, I think. Um, Probably Matt himself, or else, or working with the design team, and they would have just sort of uh, decided to themselves really on that. I think mm. mainly on that. You know, I think um, uh, you know, if you're going to have a bad company image, then there's a good chance it's going to be Kano. Or, or if I've suggested, I may well mention say a, a specific cover in an entry, um, then that would probably maybe be sort of um, forward. I, on the whole, though, I didn't actually suggest saying have the cover off there or whatever although some of them would um as i said some would find their way into the text so um sometimes they would actually be kind of suggested maybe as like small sidebars or something like that but mm. on the whole it was more a case i was i was pretty much that you know, on the on the text rather than where it was going to look that was that's someone else's department really you know um yeah well, no, I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Not to sort of be dismissive of it, obviously. Um, just kind of just wanted to just sort of, um, go with the flow and trust their judgment on that because I knew they would make a good job of it. Mm. Uh, 
but certainly again it's quite hard to sort of sometimes it's actually you might give yourself more of a headache try to think of an image to go with something and then you think well um and i think i'll, I'll trust the, the the design team on pretty much almost everything to do with the visuals because they know what they're, they're doing that's what they're there for that's their job yeah. well, and that's their yeah. skill set no, it, it, it does work what one of the things i've asked this of a few people recently so i've been doing some other bits and pieces with cars from 2018 and obviously we've had dread and and judge dread which is you know 95 so we're almost one of your entry points um yeah. This book, one of the one of the things with, with this book is, I mean, let's say he's got the villains, he's got every other um, story in there, every other series, and these obscure little odd characters or these sci-fi epics or whatever. Mm-hmm. This book, I'm surprised, has not become sort of like an IP sort of like catalog, you know, like for, you know, yeah. from a Holly, Hollywood point of view, like slipping through yeah. this and going like, you know, I forget, like Duncan Jones was going to make um, Trooper. Rogue Trooper. Yeah. But then you look and you're like, we've had like you know Game of Thrones and all these other like, why don't yeah. we have a slain TV show? Like, yeah. Why is no one sitting through this and going like, that that looks ace? Where's that? Like, yeah. you know, it just feels yes. odd. I don't, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't know. I really don't know anything about the, the TV and movie world. To be honest, um, you know, you know, you're, if you're a fan or something like that, then you you maybe think you know basics about it but I think no one really unless they're doing it themselves nobody knows how difficult it seems to be to actually get anything made in the TV and film world um, but as you say that's your calling card right there um, they seem to have tried this before um, and it's never really come off you know I, I, you heard of like the Fleetway films and television things yes. tried to do yeah right about yeah. it yeah yeah I mean again I don't particularly know anything about it beyond what is in say, Thrill Power Overload or something like that, mm. and which, again, is another kind of reserve resource that I would always sort of, you know, look through, and, you know, just keep me sort of chronologically correct. Um, yeah, apparently, you know, Hollywood producers or whatever, they seem to try to do this every so often. I think it's actually a miracle that, you know, everyone might hate the Stallone dread, but at least it actually got made, you know, for, for better or worse, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and... Obviously, the 2012 Dread is fantastic, I think. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just a, a pity that there haven't been more of this stuff, but it seems to be really difficult to do. And um, I think I saw uh, Jason Kingsley's online um, uh, online sort of talk that he did for the anniversary. And apparently, the, the Dread serial, Megacity 1 series, was quite close to happening before lockdown. And... Um, in hiatus, whatever, until now, maybe it might happen soon. Apparently, Duncan Jones, Joe Trooper, is still in development, even though it's been several years. You just, um, it just takes so long. But, but um, getting back to your point, though, I think, yeah, now there, if you know, if someone is interested in losing these IP, then yeah, absolutely, there's your, your sales catalog, I think, you know. Um, and uh, as you say, lots of it should have already happened by now. Um, yeah. I don't know, uh, Robocop is a tremendous film, but it owes an awful lot to George Dredd, I would say. You know, um... Well, I'll tell you what, on that, this is a, um, there's, uh, you're right, it does, but like more more than anyone ever admitted until, um, you know, do you know Arrow video? The, they release like, they release like cult version films and they do like special editions and masses oh, of right. special features and stuff. 
I've I've got the special edition and there's a a, a little booklet that comes with it and there's a sort of like a behind the scenes, like a make a brand new making up with new and released footage. Their first design for Robocop, the sort of maquette that they Mm -hmm. did, is basically wearing Fred's helmet, yeah. Fred's helmet. (laughs) (laughs) And then they were like, Oh, we we can't do that. And then there's like a painted version, (laughs) and they're like, Oh, you definitely can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's fascinating. So, like, it's always been on that periphery, hasn't it? Like you know, yeah, yeah. You've never um, quite, never quite cracked it, apart from the the twenty twelve bread. Mm. Um, uh, it's never quite happened. I think you know some of these things they go further than others. Um, I remember reading about Black Light, which was like um, Dan Abnett and Steve White's story. Steve Yeo drew some of it. Um, apparently that. Almost came quite close to being like a, mm. a television uh, pilot or something like that, you know. And, and it was again that was like nineteen ninety six. It was all sort of very sort of um, you know the mid nineties just seems to have consisted of Britpop and the X Files. I think you know that that, <laughs> that was the mid nineties and um, uh, anything that had had aliens in it, you know, um, that was like a bang on point, you know. Um, so yeah, that pity that didn't happen. I think that that probably had a bit, mm. you know. And Strontium Dog, I think that is the one that is that's the one that got away. I think is because I just feel that it could be done somehow. You know, I mean, all you need is the um, you know, like the old spaghetti western types of um, filming locations. Uh, you know, you just think, yeah, that that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? You know, it's the ultimate yeah. space, space western. I mean, I know that um, Firefly is a is a space western, you know. Um, but I just think, and and not that I'm sort of um, implying anything, but uh, you know, Thornton Dog was a, a space western long before things like that, which you know they're great programs. I'm not um, surprised around like that, but I just feel, yeah, there's a lot of things that probably have influenced, say, filmmakers or, or novelists or whatever, and they're from 2018, but they've maybe not. Quite what the um the recognition that you know that, that that's where the, the inspiration came from sort of idea yeah and i think that's it i think you know especially um you know you can do those sort of six degrees of separation for a lot of this big stuff that's coming along you know the, the mcu and the dc the big super comics and you look at the st- you know the story credits or the art credits you know you go back to like thanks to and it lists all these people yeah. And a lot of the time it's people that came through, you know, often it's people that came through that sort of the British invasion sure. era. Yeah. And you go, yeah. yeah, all of those, most of them, 90% cut their teeth on 2008. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, it is a birthing place for a lot of this stuff. But like I say, there's many, Zenith is another good one. Yeah, Zenith, like, you know, for all the deconstructive superhero stuff that they're, they're doing at the moment like you know mm-hmm. zenith yeah. should it's prime for that kind of stuff and grant morrison's yeah. sort of big name so yeah it's um it yeah. always feels yeah. odd to me um yeah and the one you mentioned um, slain yeah it's with all your sort of game of thrones type bits stuff you know i mean yeah that would Slane would just be an amazing sort of telly show or something wouldn't it you know yeah. it would be tremendous um yeah, but it just unfortunately hasn't happened yet. Maybe it will happen, but um, as I said, these things take so long. I mean, I remember even like um, the, you know, the new dread film is, you know, what became the Carl Urban dread film. Mm. That was announced. Um, I think it was about two thousand one or something. You know, I mean, a new dread film was really going to happen. So it took about ten years to actually get made. And when you think about it, 
you know that's a long time and yeah it's these things it's like i said gestation i mean i i would love to see you know the ones that have been percolating like the road trooper one is the one i'd be like i'd love to see that in mean, that sort of uh um, well, it's not been written off completely as far as, as jason Pinkley said anyway um I, I just talk from what i saw him say on it the, the panel that he did so uh hopefully these things will still happen sounds like they might but again they may not they might not happen anytime soon yeah. unfortunately you know it just seems to take so long whereas in the background thankfully 2000 ideas like you know firing this stuff out every week sort of thing which is great that's it continuing to produce stuff that's fantastic i mean yeah, like, like, yeah. that's the thing that's the, you know you're right week in week out without fail every week 2008 is coming out with new entries, new stories, new creators, um, and and new classics as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing we haven't touched on yet is the sort of the, the more modern era. And um, again, another thing about doing the encyclopedia was just appreciating just how much sort of um, as time has gone on, how much like the each successive editor has sort of tried something new as well, mm. and sort of like sticking to some. Uh, tried, tried and tested things, um, and then you know they they tried to do something a bit different, which was um, uh, David Bishop. You know, he did try to do like say fantasy thing, like say world or whatever, um, and then and then maybe getting some of the older creators back again, stuff like that. Um, then I, I think it was really Andy Diggle sort of brought that forward, and it was like once he took over, I know it was quite a, a brief tenure that he had, but um. He tried to introduce like the sort of horror and supernatural stuff as well. Um, you know, it's just a bit different. Um, again, maybe not to everyone's taste, but at least we're trying some new things and it's all, it's very much sort of creator led. It's all about people getting their ideas in them in there. And um, it's all basically a lot of new things. So you can't, you, know, you can't fault the sort of the attitude there, but it's not just a dread, um, Strontium's Zog. Uh, although, again, I, I, a good move there is to actually bring back Johnny Alpha. Just sometimes, I mean, dramatically, at the time when you kill Johnny Alpha off in 1990, I can't really fault the sort of dramatic reasoning behind it. You know, it's, it was a shock. Um, and, but unfortunately, just regretted it ever since. And, um, and good yeah. that they man managed to bring it back in a credible way um so sometimes you try these things and it's probably something maybe you, you regret doing um but again it was it was a bold dramatic move and um it's good though then at least it is good you can say well we got johnny alpha back yes in, in a class a classic style so that was a good shrewd way of doing that and then um, and i think it was matt that did do that matt brought um, johnny alpha back so yeah, as I was saying about the different editors and so on, and Matt now he's done twenty years, so that's um that's unbelievable. That is almost yeah. half the comics itself. So um, well, kudos to him for sort of keeping this going and sort of um, the magazine going as well. Uh, I just um, I don't know how much yeah. about um, I don't know, cracking up or something like that, you know. <laughs> Well, I would actually, that's a really good point, actually, sort of maybe sort of, you know, start to look to wrap up in a minute, but, like, that's a good point, actually. Matt Smith, um, 
you know, not that Matt Smith, just in case you're listening. But yeah. Yes, <laughs> non, non Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, edit, <laughs> 2008 editor, Rebellion sort of editor, 2008, uh, uh, Matt Smith, has done, you know, an insurmountable amount of work over the last sort of 20 years. And um, he isn't front and centre. If you know him, you know, if you know of him, you know of him and the work he's done. Um, um, but otherwise, he sort of sits in the background and is just sort of, Appears from what I believe to be just a bit of a workhorse that just seems to have got all this stuff done. So, yeah, I think yeah. he does deserve, you know, if we're talking, you know, all things, you know, 2000 AD, I think he deserves a massive shout out, like you say, for sort of bringing it to where it is and maintaining it for, for so long. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, and you, you generate through the years as well. Um, they have all sort of done something to keep the, you've got to remember that they've kept it going. And I said, it may well be, I know some fans. They'll have viewers that they don't like, or whatever, and, and I get that, you know, and, and I understand. But there are a lot of times there where two thousand D could no longer be with us, and, and it's still mm. with us. And obviously, a big shout out there is Rebellion taking over as publishers in the year two thousand. So, yeah, we've definitely got to thank them for that. But also, just the fact that Matt has kept it going as well longer than anyone, and absolutely, um, that all the editors have. I mean, if you're talking heroes, uh, of course, Pat Mills. Yeah. You know, if, it, if it wasn't for him right, right yeah. at the start, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. And also, again, Steve McManus. Uh, again, I don't want to miss anyone out. All the editors have done some kind of work there that's kept the title going. But Steve McManus as well just seems to have been that, that classic era that we're talking about. That's when I get into it and so on. He was the real sort of, um, you know, caretaker of it then you know what mm. I mean it's just like he kept it going through that sort of era where they when it did change when you know all the artists started doing the American things and he, again he kept that going and Richard Burton as well uh, so those guys really sort of you got to thank them all for sort of for their still being 45 years worth of 2018 yeah. 30 years of the magazine it is it is a real sort of litany of sort of yeah stars like you know they, they just all worked hard I mean appreciate them all really you know, and you, yeah. you're, you're right that they all—they've all brought something to it that yeah. some fallen by the wayside, some of it's grown. But the fact of the matter is, it's all part of the 2000 AD history, and I'm really grateful that they've actually got that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we do—we have that sort of history that we can sort of look back and tap into. So. Yeah. Uh, we are lucky on that front, and, and, and I think it's wonderful. And also, let's like say to have then this book. Yes. To bring it right back to this book to have yeah. that history that, that gives us the opportunity to go and have a look at um, all of these wonderful characters and stories and everything. Yeah. And um, you know, I can't, I can't sort of recommend this a book enough. It's sort of uh, the only. I will say this, Scott. The only downside mm-hmm. is it's costing me money. Uh, yeah. Because every, every every other page, I'm going. Oh yeah, no, I really want to go back. I want to buy them. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, uh, it's, uh, but it's yeah. fantastic and I'm loving it. Yeah, it's, to, it's, to buy things that you probably already bought at least once before and then you have to go buy them again. Most definitely. But there's characters <laughs> in this and there's stories in this where I'm like, oh man, I, I so want to go back and read that and, and you know, things yeah. I'd forgotten about. Sure. So yeah. it, it's been yeah. wonderful to read that. And uh, it's been great talking to you today as well. It's always, it's always a pleasure to talk to 2008 of anyone, but to yeah, someone who's got you. your knowledge is, is amazing so oh, thank you much appreciated i just um, i think i did say at the start i just hope that um it's a book that and it is a um you know it's quite an investment it is, it's not a cheap book or whatever i just hope that 
um, I really do feel that it's worth the price tag, you know, because um, it's kind of lovingly put together. Um, and it just, it looks so great, you know, um, in terms of the design and the aesthetics of it. Um, so I just hope that people see that, you know, what is, it's worth that price tag. Yeah. I, I definitely think it is. Um, I definitely think it is. It's a, as you said, it's not, it's not a small book. It's a big coffee table book. It's mm-hmm. lovely bound. The, the, the design's great and the content is, is fantastic. So, um, anyone who is even a casual fan of, sort of 2000 AD like this will have something for you yeah um, i think it will keep you going for a while yeah yes yes <laughs> most definitely yeah but uh, uh, uh scott thank you so much uh for coming on um is, is there anything else for you you want to promote or mention um, um or is it for uh, a cheap pop? No, well, thank you as well um yeah it's been it's been a pleasure sort of um just talking to other fans and so on you know it's great um, yeah, just a, another thing I'm doing. Um, uh, the, the encyclopedia took about a year to write. I did it from, say, March 2020 to 2021. Then after that, I sort of, um, I, I still wanted to write more about 2018, you know, <laughs> amazingly. Um, uh, I, I wasn't, you know, I wish there were more letters in the alphabet, you know. <laughs> um, so I did, I, I pitched an idea to Matt about doing, instead of an A to Z, we could have a sort of, um, Years ago, they did the Bard Review of the Year. Uh, and, yes. And um, I thought, well, maybe we could try and do something like that as another celebration for five years. So that's in the weekly prog just now. Mm. It's called Brimful of Thrills on the 45. And so um, we're around about 1993, I think, at the moment. Um, and so that's going on through this year as well. So I've got a page um, each week there, which is, again, such a, a real fun to do. Sort of, again, it's like this nostalgia side of it. Um, just rediscovering also these uh, when classic series started. So it's like a little kind of snapshot of a, a year yeah. in the life of, if people haven't seen it already, then uh, um, that's a sort of, uh, of little bonus sort of, um, uh, sort of, bonus sort of um, spin-off from the encyclopedia. So it was, it was a joy to do that. Like, bon- like bonus content. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. So um, I hope people would enjoy that as well. You can catch that in the, the weekly post. Excellent. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that might get collected in some way, so you know, even um, as, as an extra for the magazine or something. Possibly. I mean, certainly that's a place where you could put that. Um, I've not heard anything about that, but um, I, I, I would love to see that as well. Maybe it's something you could do in the future. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, Scott, thank you very much uh, for coming. Yeah. As I say, it's been great talking. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, uh, do go check out the 2018 Encyclopedia. There's a link down below. Uh, below this, so go check it out. It's uh, it's available now. From all your, you know, whatever sells books online mainly and not online, but you know, um, we're pretty much and, online. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing, another thing is that I'm also I joined Twitter a year ago, so it's nearly a year I've been on there. And if, if anyone wants to follow me there, then um, please do. Yeah, uh, I'll put that down below. I will put yeah, the, the at down there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've not not blocked anyone yet, and I've not been blocked, so. Um, <laughs> You'll see what happens. <laughs> so, as I say, that's a, that's a sort of like a Twitter uh, rite of passage. At some point, you will be blocked or blocked right. on one. So it's, uh, yeah, we've all done it. Yeah. In a year. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thanks again. Um, uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. So thanks very much. That's good. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you do like this show and you've enjoyed everything, don't forget to leave us a review on your podcast catcher. And, uh, you know, anything four stars, five stars, always fantastic. And also check out our Patreon uh, www.patreon.com slash 20cgmedia whole host of other podcast goodies on there 30 minute thoughts, talk about the twilight zone all kinds of bits and pieces 
Again, links down below to all these different pieces. But finally, Scott, thank you very much. That's weird saying that, but Scott, thank you very yeah, much. Yes. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ladies and gentlemen, we shall talk again soon. Mm -hmm.